It's time for the great episode of the Ring Side Brand with your host from the hills of West Virginia, JD Justin Davis, and from Rochester, New York, this is RJ. Today's episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you can get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to let them know that RJ from the Ringside Rant sent you and how you heard about Podgo in this portion of your application. Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Behold the face of fear, the mind of madness. Behold the horror that may soon be champion. I am afraid of what I might do, but I no longer have control of my mind. Pray that this man can stop the insanity. Pray for him if he doesn't. Have a nice day. It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is with you this week. I am the man with a magical voice. He is and forever will be JD, Justin Davis. Justin, what's up, bud? What is going on, everybody? It is good to be back. Uh, had a good week. Just been uh, working and uh, slugging along here. You know how it is. One way or another, my friend. Yeah, it's uh, we're getting to that point of uh, we're into a couple weeks into the football season. Uh, the seasons are starting to turn. It's starting to get a hell of a lot colder here. I've been getting up. Uh, as you know, I get up at work for, uh, I get up for work, excuse me, at, uh, about 4am for between four and four thirty in the morning. And, uh, Christ, it's been like about like high forties, low fifties here. I'm like, Holy Christ. I'm like, I gotta put the long sleeve shirt on, but for work, but it's just a matter of, okay, we got to wait to see what the rest of the day brings. Yeah. And, um, you know, tomorrow is Bengals versus the Jaguars Thursday night football where we shall smack that con ass. Well, see, that's going to be a dumpster fire of a game. That, if, yeah, it if, is because the Bengals are going to smack their ass. I will say if any of you guys out there now, well, you're going to be hearing this after the fact, but if uh, for you anyways, I, we're in that Survivor Series or Survivor Series, excuse me, that Survivor Pool and uh I'm like, if, if this is the week that you, you pick the Bengals, nah, this is going to be that week because the, the Jaguars, eh, they're not that good. Yeah, I will say T. Higgins, our wide receiver, is out, as well as Jesse Bates, our uh, top safety. So that is going to uh, hurt us a little bit, but we shall still smack that Jaguar ass, I'm sure. Well, you should, it you is should... going to be a battle of the last two years' number one pick quarterbacks. Oh, Burrow and Burrow and, and um, Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah. Well, you, you didn't specify that the best 
uh, defender for the Jaguars is uh, is still playing is Joe Burrow. He's going to keep on throwing those interceptions left and right. So yeah, you uh-huh. got that going for you. He only had one last week, and that stopping of Mike Kyoto and Polly B's Schittsburg Steelers. You knew where I was going with that. You knew where I was going with that. I was going to bring that up next. I'm like, yeah, we kind of uh, you got to play it into that. You, it you is and always a good week when we go to that little town called Schittsburg. And just spank that ass, yeah, twenty-four to ten. And it wasn't Ooh, even and that's two Bengals wins over Schittsburg in a row. And that wasn't even it wasn't even close though. That was a problem. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a line play pretty well. I don't know if Cincinnati was that good or Pittsburgh was that bad or a little bit of both. I don't know, we, but we snapped their seventy-five game streak of sacking at least one time. They didn't sack Burrow one time in that game, so well, zero. I didn't realize, I didn't realize How about that. that for that malign Bengals offensive line? You got to bring back uh, Anthony Munoz. There's yeah. a blast in the past. I'm hey. sure all these fans um, tuned in for their weekly Bengals news. Well, of course. Well, if Whether they want it or not, they're going to get it forced near their ear holes one way or another. But, uh, but no, I uh, at least – I haven't said, well, at least we didn't have the AFC offensive player of the year or of the week, excuse me, Josh Allen threw for what? three fifty and five, five total touchdowns. I know who the rookie of the week again was Jamar chase. Who got another two touchdowns. Oh, and I four now in three that games, one that I messaged you about that yeah. one. He almost fucking dropped in the end zone, just on the tip of his fingers. And I'm like, Okay, that dude's got hands, man. Well, now he does. Now he does. <laughs> that's just that. That's that chemistry. Him and Burrow, man. It's gonna be something. It's that. L, was it LSU? LSU. LSU right? Yeah. Yeah. It's that LSU chemistry, man. It's that SEC chemistry. Any anybody you get that chemistry with, Alabama, LSU, South Carolina, whatever, Auburn, whatever, you're gonna get that chemistry. Um, but the chemistry that we're gonna have this week is going to be with in your house mind games, Justin. Uh, this was one of those sneaky, good pay-per-views. Uh, I, I know I've saying that now and I'm sure we're going to shit on it later on, but uh, it comes from the core state center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, September 22nd, 1996. Um, we're in that kind of that gray area of the WWF at that time. We're not quite yet there till 97 where it pretty much, the business caught on fire pretty much. This is late 96 caught in uh, summer 96 with the NWO. Uh, we're coming hard and heavy off out of SummerSlam too. So, but we'll get into that in the opening contest, but looking at it, you know, on paper, what was one of your first thoughts on, on this pay-per-view? I, I like the main event a lot, you know, of course you do. I don't say that a lot for, uh, that little bastard that was in it. Um, he shall remain nameless. Yeah. Until, at least until we talk about him later on. And it's always good to see Owen and Bulldog win the tag team championships. Yeah. So, no, mean, that's always good. There was some good shit in this, pal. Mm-hmm. Undertaker, Marley, or Undertaker, Marley, no, no, that's a hot thing. Undertaker <laughs> and Gold Dust wasn't bad, I didn't think. No, I, I would actually like to see that Undertaker, Mounty. 
Uh, no, I said Marlena. Undertaker. Oh, Marlena. Marlena. I said Mounty. <laughs> I'm like, I, you're a couple of years uh, uh, past there, pal. No, uh, uh-uh. I don't want to see that on Undertaker Marlene either, though. Marlene. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see that. Uh, but one thing I do want to see is Mr. Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. Ringside rant fans, it's the opening contest. So Justin, like we mentioned before, we're hot off of SummerSlam '96 here, where we saw Shawn Michaels uh, retain his WWF World Title over Vader. Uh, Mankind also defeated Undertaker in a Boiler Room Brawl. Uh, and then we also saw Mankind actually become the client of of Paul Bear. Oh yes. So it's it's that weird time, like I said, we're in between, we're in that gray area where people kind of remember WWF at this time and they kind of don't. But this was like I said, it was one of those sneaky good pay-per-views are coming off a hot summer slam. Uh, I'll that we saw Shawn Michaels running all over the, all over the place. Um, you know, we're going to see 96 here later, given another two months, we're going to see the business turn upside down at the, uh, survivor series. Uh, hint, hint, we'll be talking about that in November. Um, but yeah, man, it just Shawn Michaels is the man now, you know, as much as you want to say, Brad Hart was still, um, the man, but. At that time, the well, real big story, he wasn't there. It was quote unquote the you know contract negotiations. He wasn't or even in the he, he was wasn't even the country. He wasn't even the country. He was yeah. what South Africa South Africa, I think. Doing lonesome dove and whatever other bullshit. Same bad. Yeah. So um no, this was Sean's time. And I think that the one could make an argument that the summer of ninety-six didn't sell very well. So I don't know how well you could grade Sean's time as a champion there. I mean, you're saying here that we're starting to turn the corner. Yeah, kind of. But this, as far as WWE, it didn't start to get hot until like, you know, like you said, toward after Survivor Series and definitely maybe Royal Rumble 97. Well, but more so here in the WWF because over across, down south, WCW is going hot and heavy, you know, going from here at Bash at the Beach – a lot of people, it's always something people talk about. Is that Bash at the Beach, Hogan, NWO was formed, and the business is turned upside down. And I just think that WWF was just trying to play it safe. They're trying to play it safe to the cuff, not do anything stupid. Well, until November anyways. Uh, but, you know, you put it on somebody that you trust. You put the title on Sean. You get them basically go round robin between, you know, mankind to Vader to Undertaker. Uh, we saw Vicious there, uh, Sid Vicious there a little bit later. Bulldog, uh, Bulldog, uh, Brett Owen. Uh, you're starting to see. Austin. I mean, he had he had a feud. Michaels had a feud with you know Bulldog, mm-hmm. and where Diana was involved in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was. Then he bounced you know over to Vader and now mankind. So we're just trying to put him with heels and he's getting over, but it's just nothing special. There's really no heat in the, in any of these Shawn Michaels feuds. I think that would be the biggest uh, failure of these feuds through the summer is there was no heat behind him. The biggest heat really was the, the Martha or the, not Martha Hart was um, 
Davies' uh, wife. Diana. Diana. That was the heat, most heat out of all three of those feuds, really. I mean, there wasn't much. And the promos from Sean at the time were terrible. This one in this show is his worst promo of all time. It's it's a really bad, bad, bad promo. If Mm -hmm. you guys want to go back and listen to that one. For everyone that shits on Bret Hart's promos, go back and listen to this Shawn Michaels one right before his match here with Mankind because it's terrible. And even Vince and uh, King or somebody says, maybe JR says, both of them separately say, man, he seemed nervous back there because they were like, oh, we got to explain that promo because that was terrible. Oh, Um, yeah. So there was just not a lot of good storyline here. You know, it was just the baby face against the big nasty heel and Sean got over and that was it. It was, it was stale, kind of. Well, and I think, and you'll appreciate this comment, is I think the best dancing partner he's ever, he ever had was Brad Hart because Brett knew how to work. Sean didn't have to really do a whole hell of a lot. Brett would call it in the ring. He would do this. He would do that. A lot of these other guys are newer to the they're newer to the to that level of competition with a heavyweight title. Mankind being one of them. Vader, at least in the WWF, Vader wasn't known for his his heavyweight title def- or, um, spots. You know, he was more for that in WCW and NWA. Uh, but and say what you may about Undertaker. He's always, he was always around. He was always doing main events. He was always doing mid cards. He, he would basically I, go wherever. I feel like that's who Sean had his best matches with. Not Undertaker. Brett. I think Undertaker. Yeah. In general, or just at this time? In general. But I, you know, in 97, you know, his matches, that trio of matches he had with the Undertaker late 97, early 98 was fucking great. Yeah. But and then they had another WrestleMania match later on that was fucking great. So I mean, two later on. And I just like their styles against each other better than Sean and Brett's. Was contrasting. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was interesting looking at this card is how many fucking dark matches there were. You know, you had the free-for-all match with Savio and Marty Gennetti for just over five minutes. And then they did the dark matches after the fact. They don't do it before. Like nowadays you see them like before. I never really got it after. It's like, okay, people just want to fucking go home. Who Mm -hmm. cares? Do it before. Um, Yeah. After you see the main event, now you want to sit around and watch these shitty matches. Like, well, but the thing is, though, you had, he had psycho Sid take out Vader in a dark match, but you saw them on the main pay-per-view. So it's like, what the fuck? Why don't you put it at the beginning of it? That was my biggest gripe at this time was you couldn't you couldn't put it at the beginning. You always had to put it at the end because for whatever reason, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we saw Roberts t- defeat Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which looking at it now, it's like, holy crap. You know, and especially in 96. But, uh, and then we saw Farouk. Ron I think Simmons. he was still in his punishment time. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, because he's, yeah, they're over there now. And then we saw Farouk defeat Mark Morrow, Mark Marrow, Marco Marrow, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, it was just weird seeing all those at the end. Uh, but we did see, 
the Brian Pillman interview with Austin in the ring mm-hmm. to start. I thought that started off hot. Yeah. That whenever you put a hand on a Pillman's or a hand in Pillman's hand, there you go. A mic in Pillman's hand. Dude, dude is fucking dynamite. And and yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that because he's from Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, it makes it even better. That means he knows what good chili is. Um not some trash plate that they sell down there at the little the little independent baseball league down there in Rochester. It's our trash plate. Garbage plate. Get it right, god damn it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you hey, if you're gonna make fun of this goddamn place, get it freaking right. God damn. Well, it's a trash plate that you throw in the garbage. I was getting it confused. Yeah. Well, Skyline chili you just to put in the toilet because it's shit. <laughs> uh anyways. This is the famous Austin interview, and he says, you know, what I think, if you put S in front of Hitman, that'll tell you what I think about Bret Hart or whatever. Mm. And um, it's kind of started really getting over that heat, from, you know, with Steve and Bret. Mm. And leading into that Survivor Series that we were just talking about. Yeah, because originally uh, Bret Hart was supposed to return here at Mind Games to do an interview segment. Which would then obviously build to uh, an Austin match later on, but as you can tell, that it didn't happen. He's uh, down South Africa, over South Africa, whatever, doing Sinbad. Okay, <laughs> it's like okay, we we sign him up or something. Jesus Christ, he's you know, you can't keep him away that long, can you? I can't believe he didn't win a Grammy or an Emmy or something for that shit. He should have. Canadian Cowboy. There you go. There's your next film starring Bret Hart, Canadian Cowboy. You know, I never felt like I'd be a good cowboy. I told Vince. That was his first gimmick. Cowboy Bret Hart. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll just rock me to sleep tonight. But anyways, uh, the first match on the main card here... <laughs> <clears throat> I'll just edit that out. Uh, so the first match here on the main card was Savio Vega versus uh, JBL, a.k.a. Justin, Justin Hawk Bradshaw, whatever the hell you want to call him. And, uh, or Justin Bradshaw, I don't, he was Justin Hawk, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. In a Caribbean strap match. Holy shit. This was interesting. This was quite interesting. Do you, Savio, when we had him on, when I talked to him a few months back and I asked him, I said, dude, you were, you were known for uh, putting guys over Austin, Goldust, Bradshaw, just, just to name a few. How, how did he not get on this with, with titles, man? How did he not? Cause Obviously, he's basically been dubbed the king of the strap matches because he's freaking had so many of them between Bradshaw and Austin. I think the one title he could have won if it was around at the time, but it wasn't, would have been like the European title. You didn't see but him my, as an IC title? No, I I could have seen him as European champion. Um, but he his he had died out by the time the European championship come around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he would have been perfect for that, I think, too. But, you know, we saw the uh, contingent of ECW stars there. And I use stars somewhat loosely, but uh, 
but we saw Tommy Dreamer, Paul Heyman, and Sandman ringside. And my only thing that I took away from that is it kind of took away from the match, whether that was on purpose or not. I think it was a little bit on purpose. <laughs> I think that but, uh, they were just trying to inject some heat into the match. But was it really, fuck, was it really that necessary though? I don't know. I thought it was fun. Yeah. What, was it pumpernickel or what the hell is the, the, the code word? Oh, yeah. Or, uh, was, oh, God damn. I can't it remember. was something stupid. But yeah, Jerry Briscoe was ready to go out there and beat ass Oklahoma style. But apparently he finally got, got uh, Got, got smart. Got smart to the business all of a sudden. Got the code word. Uh, but damn, so many people throughout wrestling uh, within the last decade or two has always said JBL, Justin Bradshaw, Justin Hawk Bradshaw, whoever cannot sell. Kid, watch his match. He sells his ass off. Mm-hmm. But this then again, also at a time when he had to sell. Wow. You know, when, when they're talking about John Bradshaw Layfield, he was probably in a spot back then that he didn't have to sell too much. And he never sold when he was in APA, but that was the gimmick. Well, but that's the, yeah, that, that's one thing too. But it's like even you go to his uh, uh, JBL stage after he left uh, APA when they went their separate ways with him and Simmons. He still kind of, sort of, not really kind of sold with that stuff, though, because he had, he was usually the bigger guy. He was going against guys like Booker T. He was going against guys like uh, uh, Eddie. Uh, I think the only guy that was really matched up well with him, as far as built wise, was The Undertaker. And Goldust was probably as tall and kind of as big. Yeah, but. I just going back and watching it now. I was never a big JBL fan. I, and, and I'm not the biggest one right now, to be honest with you, but I respect his work. You go back and watch this. He had what he had. Uh, who did he have? Was it Zeb Coulter or what? Uh, what the hell was his name? It was. Uh, oh, as his manager. Yeah. I'm trying oh, to think. That was uh, Dundee, wasn't it? No, 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 no. no. It was the dude from, uh, oh crap, Dark, Dark Side of the Ring. No, the beard dude. He was a wrestler. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was like a, it, like the first season. Didn't he, he, he had, do he the had, narrator for Dark Side of no, the Ring? No, 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 no. Fucking back hair. He was like NWA. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. I can't fucking remember what the hell. Anyway, it, it's gonna come to me halfway through the goddamn show. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, but oh yeah, it's. JBL later on would have sold a lot better than he did. You know, a lot lot of people will give him credit for. You're looking it up, aren't you? You know, no, I don't know. I was never a big fan of JBL either, but, and I'm still, like you said, still not really. You You could take it or leave it. Dutch Mantel. God damn it. That's, God, I was just going to let him like, God, because we saw him in 86 yeah. there in the NWA. Yeah. Fuck. Pisses me off. I didn't know his name. Yeah. And he was a narrator for season one. Was of he? Dark Side of oh, the Oh, season one. I thought you meant this yeah. past season. No, no. 
or current season, I guess you could say. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did. I think most all of season one. Well, except for maybe one episode, Nick Foley did one. Yeah. So one of those things that I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it was only fucking fifty-seven seconds was Jim Cornette versus Ho- Jose Lothario. Uh, who booked this shit, man? Right? It wasn't me, goddamn it, because I would book myself to get a goddamn bump. And there's some things you just can't unsee, and that is Jim Cornette in a bodysuit. <laughs> yeah, we should have put him in a, a little mini uh, El, El, the giant El Gigante suit. El Gigante. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 giant, giant Gonzalez. Giant what? Gonzalez, yeah. Well, no, that was Dutch Mantel. He had all the hair. He didn't, ha- he didn't have to put hair on the outside of his uh, gimmick there. Uh, but, you know, in between this stuff, we're going to see in between this match and uh, the tag match, we're going to see what we thought was Razor and Diesel backstage taking down Savio Vega. Well, what we soon would realize is they're fake Razor and fake Diesel. And what I found interesting is this was that time where they kind of were trying to turn J Jr heel. Yeah. And I just, even to this day, I look back, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you serious? You're going to try to turn Jr heel. Yeah, if, any, if any time you would have done it later, do it. It in never the works. Day. It never works. They've tried it multiple times and it just never works. Don't do it. The fans love him. You're not going to turn him heel. No, you can't. And even if you try, it's you just you just can't. Just 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 don't. Just don't. Shiny red ball. Go ahead. Go away. Yeah. Uh, so, one of my favorite matches were, was on this. Uh, was next was uh, Smoky Gun versus uh, Bulldog and Owen Hart. Uh, previous, we saw Clarence Thomas backstage with with Jim Cornette, basically tricking him to sign off that he's handing over Bulldog and Owen to him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hindsight being what it is, this was probably that time where Jim was just trying to get off, off the road, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because that was just his way of saying, hey, let's, I'll, I'll sign him over to you or whatever. Yep, he wanted off the road. He didn't want to, you know, it wasn't the, so much that he didn't want to be on the road, but he didn't want to be on the road and have the daily office responsibilities at the same time. It's kind of like he wanted to do one or the other. And I think he chose the office responsibilities. Oh, well, but that I think that's was a smart way of doing it because it's like, hey, kid, I'm not, I'm not as young as I used to be. I can't do all this shit and bounce around and bump around. Hence why this match fucking sucked. But, um, yeah. But it is what it is. You check how to take it what it for what it's worth. But um, everybody yeah. gets their shit in, you know. Everyone gets their spots in in the match, and then it's over. It really was kind of a not too much to it. But then afterwards, you know, Sonny gets mad and in a terrible fake looking bitch fit and fires them. And that whole gimmick was so over. Mm-hmm. That's an old Memphis fucking gimmick, like. All the yeah, come on, guys. Uh, just but... you just try you're, you're trying to do too much. Just let them go. Don't involve Sonny. Don't involve that fucking poster that they dropped defacing her and all that crap. I don't. I didn't. I don't need it. I like how they tried to play uh, the real life 
ribber Owen Hart into an angle here. Oh yeah, that that was great, but it's just like <laughs> that was about the only part about it I I liked. But uh, you know, we we did see uh, you know, Bulldog and Owen come out victorious, so that was always good to see them with gold around their waist. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before we go over to the uh, Undertaker Goldust and the main event is Jerry Lawler is coming out and basically healing it up towards the crowd. The usual shit. Uh, and then they replay him slapping the newly signed Mark Henry in the face. Uh, the only thing I want to ask is, do you think Jerry was the best guy to uh, have Henry's first match with? Yeah. 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 Because I think it was a safest bet. I think. Just because Jerry, Jerry worked with a lot of these people, a lot of these new people that were coming in. Well, what I think too is, I would think he might even work with them at the Funkin' Dojo too, when they were training. That might have been down there as like a, like a guest. Uh, this was a really over the top gimmicky match where like Jerry oversold everything, mm-hmm. like the bear hug, and he'd scream at the top of his lungs and look at the crowd and just one of those over the top giving matches like that. But I think it was meant to show Mark how to play to the crowd and get emotion out of a match. And I, and Jerry is able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I know that's how I got it too. You know, you, you had to get this kid over. He's green. It was greener than goose shit uh, to the business. Uh, and, you know, I think for what it was, I think it worked. Um, Another thing that worked too was they were starting to promote this Undertaker Mankind Buried Alive match at the next In Your House, which would uh, would end up falling on October 20th in Indianapolis. Uh, so I, my, my thought was that was basically making the main event pretty goddamn predictable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, looking at it now, maybe not even then at that time watching it live, but now it's like, dude, you're fucking tell yeah a lot of shit can happen but dude you're basically telling the mankind's not running the title you know Sean's keeping it um but no I just found that weird I don't know about you if you caught that no I mean I guess it could be Undertaker Mankind for the title I I guess but it's like why would you have a title match and a buried alive match you know what I mean (laughs) That's true. You know, you want to have a gimmick match, have a gimmick match. Like you, you would have later with mankind and undertaker hell in the cell. Yeah. You're not, there wasn't any title for that. They beat the shit out of each other. More so fucking mankind got that shit kicked out of them. But um, yeah, I, I, I could see it, but not with the title, I, that would just be, unless they change it. I don't know. And I'd highly doubt they'd change it, you know, after they started promoting it here, basically uh, a month out. Uh, but this gold dust undertaker match, man. I just, I was just trying to wrap my brain around it because I'm like, I, I didn't get their, the combination of the two of them, mm-hmm. but I think I, what I came up with, we heard Hogan dust. We heard of Conrad dust. What I think this was undertaker dust basically on gold dust because trying to get this kid over this character over, I should say. And uh, it, to me, that's I, probably I, all it was. It was just them being two tex, two big Texas boys, and they probably liked each other. They'd worked with each other in WCW in the past, so probably just one of those things. Undertaker trying to help, you know, Dustin would mm-hmm. be my guess. Mm-hmm. 
And I, th- I think that's all it was, but it just, I don't know if it really worked too well because. Not really, because I don't think, I mean, even though Dustin did get a win over Undertaker in one of those matches in like a disqualification count. Yeah, or but it, it wasn't a clean, clean victory though. I don't think it was, but you know, sure it, it, it just wasn't really at the time all that believable that Goldust was going to beat Undertaker. Right. And even nowadays, it's like, okay, now you could even try it even later on when he, when Goldust was IC t- champion. But um, one thing I did like, I really like this main event. I really did. And I yeah. think it got... I hated the promo leading up to it. Well, Sean right. Liked. Well, yeah, but, but Sean was... I did at, like the main event. At this time, Sean wasn't a great promo because no. I don't think he knew what the fuck he was doing. Well, who knows what else he was thinking about. Well, true, time. true. But god damn, how many fucking bad bumps does mankind have to take between the knees to the stairs? That great iconic spot now with his him basically hanging from his head between the ropes. Yeah. And then later on, them both going through the uh, uh, Spanish announcing table. Well, that if you notice that move, it was mankind putting the move on Shawn Michaels. But mm-hmm. mankind took all the brunt of that bump because it started out, I think, as a back as a uh, belly to back suplex and off the top, and, he's, and then Sean just landed on top of mankind. And I think you know Mick did that on purpose to take care of Sean, mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably why Sean liked working with Mick and liked doing this match. Well, and I think it really got. I thought it got mankind over the character. The person be McFoley. I think, I think that this is Foley's best match ever. It's one of them because sure. a lot of people bring up Undertaker and him at Hell at uh, King of the Ring, Hell in the Cell. Mm-hmm. That was just a fucking car crash. That wasn't, yeah, like a wrestling match. That was just hey, look, we're gonna beat the fucking piss out of each other. Mm-hmm. This was a little bit of that, but the majority of it was actual wrestling. And you don't typically hear that about Mick Foley's wrestling ability. You hear about him about his crazy shit. He can do spots just like that one time where he did that, like when he's in WCW and did that, uh, that sunset flip or that summer, whatever that backdrop. And he hit the two different, uh, uh, the guardrails the guardrails he hit the one yeah. and the other and bounced over them both and yeah just like that type of bump and shit man he can do it he's, yeah he, especially in his younger years so you know we saw a lot of i don't know if you caught it coming up was uh hbk was basically you can hear him yelling at foley for a couple missed spots there because you saw yeah. him jump in the corner and he was going to jump off and Foley's not there. So it's down. And do you think that's just two young guys not, you know, really working together? Is that, is that just no. a fault? Apparently it was a work, bro. Yeah. Because take your pills. Yeah. Because, um, he, they had that thing with Vader, right? Right. At SummerSlam, where he got mad at Vader and kicked him in the head and did whatever and yelled at him. Well, I guess they were just ribbing the boys and did it again in this match, but it, it there was no 
real fuck up there. It was just them trying to trying to be funny. Yeah. Well, I guess it kind of sort of not really according to Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, take that as far as you can. I I, I, I was going to say, if you you take it from Bruce, it's got to be real. Right. Uh, But two other, a couple other things I wanted to get your thoughts on about was we saw Vader come out, man, cause a DQ to this. I think they just wanted to get to the next pay-per-view and the DQ was, I think was the best option for that. You know, it kept the option open of Vader going against one of them. You know, we saw Vader last month at SummerSlam against Sean. You know, we're going to see Vader. And we know the history between Vader and Foley being Cactus Jack from WCW. Uh, but what I found funny was at the end of it all, the power of the urn wakes up mankind and takes out full or uh, takes out Sean with a mandible claw. It was interesting to see the different side of it, though, because you're so used to seeing Undertaker do that. There's just not too, there's not been too many things more powerful than the urn in WWE history. Like the power of the Hulkamaniacs, brother, you know, that was, there was some power there, but there seems to be a lot of power in that fucking urn. It's power of the thermos, too. Oh, too soon. Too too, too soon. Too soon. Eh, I wouldn't know. (laughs) um but yeah man we 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 saw you know this casket entrance that foley had at the beginning of the match dude that was fucking awesome i i loved it but uh but it would come back to haunt him later on here at the end when they go over to use it against sean and who's in there the undertaker (laughs) yeah so and but that's setting up the next month which i think looking at it now it makes sense and why they did what they did how they did it because they wanted to continue it was this long-term term booking which you go a few months to a year before this they didn't know what the fuck they were doing booking wise so it was good to see that where they're still they're trying to try it see what the hell happens yeah i mean I do feel like they're starting to get a little bit better here. They're still not anywhere where they're going to be a year from this point. Um, It's so crazy how much the WWE will change from fall of 96 to the fall of 97. Mm -hmm. It'd be night and day, night and day, man. And I think, like you said, it was that turning point was the Survivor Series. When... I think that's really when the Mr. McMahon character came out. When, oh, yeah. Brett screwed Brett. Yeah. Okay. But what you didn't realize is you had great, great feuds with the whole Canadian um, stampede from that. You get the reformation of the Heart Foundation, um, you know, tragedy, triumph, whatever. You'd get it all. But. One thing that we will all get, and he will triumphantly return right now, is Mr. Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It is now time for Rants and Raves. All right, Justin. So Rants and Raves this week, we only have a few. I just wanted to briefly touch on these before we uh, before we get over to our listener questions of the week. Um, we talked about Bradshaw selling. Uh, and this was that 
really awkward time for him in 96. We didn't know, he didn't know who he was, what he was doing, whatever. Do you think that Bradshaw still got over just a little bit, not a whole lot from this match with Savio? Uh, yeah. Not no. Pro- no. Well, I mean, he was in a tag team here pretty soon after this, right? <laughs> yeah. As the new Blackjacks. So right. this, you know, wouldn't last a long time. I would say he was more of, you know, kind of what he was in this match, a curtain jerk type guy at this mm-hmm. time. But, you know, building, you know, his reputation as a decent worker and doing what he needs to do to earn his spot and, you know, eventually get to where he got. Yeah, and, and I think it was just biding his time. You know, he, he knew what he was had to do to get up there. Um, and he was going to basically do whatever he wanted. Uh, had, or what he had to do to get there. Another guy that basically did whatever the hell he had to do to get to the top was Ron Simmons. Why was Gladiator Ron Simmons the best Ron Simmons? Damn! How dare you say something like that? Gladiator Ron Simmons. I'll tell you. I'm assuming that's what it was, though, right? The whole fucking helmet thing? I love Ron Simmons, but you know who sucks real bad is his football team. The Florida State Semi-Losers. And that seminal losers. There you go. That's your good say your words. Seminal losers. Seminal losers. Okay. And their their cohort, Dave and the QC. God, it is so heartwarming. State of affairs that Florida State situation is. It's been whole. It's a whole state of Florida outside of the Gators. And I also saw uh, Dave is planning uh, here in a week or two his. 65th vacation of the year. So I hope he has a great time. Yeah. Uh, I, and it's funny because just because you have multiple days off in a row doesn't constitute that as a vacation. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's me. You know, I don't know. I, he is, he's going somewhere. They're going somewhere. I don't know where. I but. think he said, what the hell? Maybe they're going. I think they're going to, no, they're not going on the cruise. They're going to like Florida. I think they're going to Florida or something to see his folks or, or his mom or something. And apparently Royal Rumble in January. Going yeah. To the Louis. Uh, that's still up in the air. I got to get the days off. I know we, we chatted briefly about it, but yeah, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see what the hell happens with that. I already got the okay from the warden for some, uh, some yard time in January. So I guess it all depends on the, uh, work giving me the time off. Um, so two things before we get over to our listener questions. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about the smoky guns? Are they overrated, underrated properly, whatever? I think in like 94, 95, they were okay. And then by I, this time it's kind of like, mm, well, I think know. they got, they broke up briefly right after this, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I just, I never got them. The gimmick is is past gone at this point. They didn't. They could. They didn't know what the fuck to do with them. They didn't know what to do. Well, they knew what to do with. They knew what to do with Billy. They didn't know. I what mean, the hell if to you would have told us some hot story about them having a three way with Sonny, then I would have been interested in what was going on. But other than that, I don't care. Well, without question on that. But I and I, who says that didn't happen though? We don't know. Exactly. I mean, I do know Sean Waltman shit in her food. I think I heard that though. 
or shit in her bag or something. Sean Walton just likes to leave his droppings everywhere like a goddamn dinosaur. Which I love. I did you listen to him on? Yeah, Show? yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I absolutely. He's a great storyteller now. I hated mm-hmm. him as before. Well, he did his job then because he was in the NWO. Yeah. Um, but lastly, um, mankind. We basically put him over quite heavily here with being one of his better matches. Did you like this formation or form? Excuse me of mankind or did you like the whole car wreck mankind character better similar to what we would see um uh, against the undertaker here at hell in a cell uh i mean to me they're the same character yeah i mean i don't know how to answer that i do like this kind of this time period of mankind in 96 i think this is maybe his best time period as a character like we talked about earlier mm-hmm. um the pulling out of the hair the the whole you know just the whole gimmick and then here pretty soon he will have the the interview with jr that really gets his character over anymore even more and then he starts jumping off buildings and shit so yeah i i always just enjoyed the mankind character overall i just mick foley i it's not him personally. I just never got it. I loved his characters. I just never got his in-ring ability because later on we wouldn't see it. Yeah. You know, we first off here in 96 and even in the WCW, we saw it. And then obviously his Japan shit was just, that was just out, out of, out of this world. One guy that isn't out of this world. He's right here in the Northeast is rich Paladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It's listener questions. Justin, it is listener question time, and we're gonna start off with the returning Devin, excuse me, devilish Devin Dowling and his brother this week. His brother even asked some questions. So Xander, what brother? Now so, I gotta think of a nickname that goes with Xander. That's gonna yeah, be difficult. We'll give it back with you next week. Zoolander Xander. Yeah. anyways their first question uh actually no devin's first question his brother has one too but uh were you disappointed the stalker didn't debut here at the pay-per-view the stalker no i don't think anyone was disappointed (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there was one person in that crowd going god damn it paid this ticket just to see the fucking stalker is that barry windham no it's a fucking stalker (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, who's going to be here? This, is it uh, DDP? 
No, not yet. That's later on. Oh my god, that I'm like, oh my god, that was just pitiful. And then he would come in. Wouldn't he come in later with uh, Bradshaw though, as the uh, new Blackjacks? Yeah, he'd be the new Blackjack. Because it was either him or Kendall. Uh, oh, his brother but, was it Kendall Wyndham? Yeah. No, I think it was Barry. Was it Barry? No. Oh, yeah. we'll Google it. Anyways, um, so yeah, I I wasn't really disappointed. The stalker didn't show up either. You know, there there was they were doing all these vignettes and shit, and I'm like, so another character that we couldn't have in 2021. Didn't we already have this character? His name was Skinner. Yeah, but he wasn't the stalker though. He was just. <laughs> I know, but he stalked alligators and he had a knife. Yeah, but this can't go anywhere good, really. We can't really answer this one way or another. But uh, so Devin's second question is, if you could change the finish of the main event, what would you have done? Mm. Me personally, I think depending on if, um, if they didn't promote that uh, buried alive match between Undertaker and Mankind, you sit on that for a little while. You sit on that for a couple of weeks. At this time, you had Raw, so you could you could pr- um, promote it on Raw. But I, I don't think we would have seen Mankind win. I would have done something like you know what we'd see later with an, uh, the Austin and uh, Brett match at thirteen, having both pass out or something. I think it would have been cool to smaz it and like. You know, like mankind's getting ready to win because Paul Bear's out there cheating. As you know, Cassio kid once told Doug Markham, "He's cheating, Doug." Turn around, Doug. <laughs> um, and then Undertaker comes out and like fucking choke slams Paul Bear or something. That would be awesome. Well, but we, but I think we pretty much got that though because we had Vader well, come out and we yeah, had I mean, him. You had do- all that, but I don't know. Just have it more like Undertaker, Paul Bear related. Or I would even, you know, Christ, I would even have, you know, Vader still pissed off about um, SummerSlam losing to Sean. Have him come out, screw Sean over. Basically, Vader bomb him, whatever. Throw Foley on top of him or Mankind on top of him. Mankind wins the title. Then we're going, there's got to be some sort of pay-per-view between or a raw, do it at a raw. Get the ratings. Schedule a three-way. Mankind for... wins the title in Mankind wins the title at in your house. That'll put butts in seats. Exactly. And then <laughs> at uh, at a raw between pick a raw in between then and the in your house buried alive. I, yeah. But I'm not saying I'm not. Don't promote the mankind undertaker match right don't promote that i still have mankind win it but you can still have some sort of gimmick match put fucking uh, paul put fucking paul bearer in a shark cage above the ring no i'll tell you who won't win the championship fucking money mike he won't win the question championships i guarantee you what's he fucking got this week i see he's next Oh, I skipped over somebody else, didn't I? Jesus Christ. I'm, well, we, we, I'm we, terrible we, at this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, this is why I write all this shit up, Justin. I'm just ready to yell at Money Mike. <laughs> I'm always ready to yell at Money Mike. Well, we got to get Xander's question in here first. Oh, God. Xander had one, too. 
Yeah, gee. Oh. You're not All running right. anybody over tonight. You really aren't. All right, Xander. What so you got? He, he wanted to ask, do you think Brett or Bart Brett? Brett Brett Gunn. There you go. Mm-hmm. Bart Gunn was underrated. How would you have liked to, to have seen him as a heel as part of a faction by Bart Bart versus DX? Hmm. I don't think he would have worked as a heel. I don't think anybody would have really given a shit. Well, I mean, he was a heel. And still Bart. people don't give a crap. Yeah, I don't know. I always listen. I think that Billy Gunn was a way better wrestler than Bart. And oh, it, yeah. And it took Billy a while to really get over. So Bart was kind of dead in the water once that tag team broke up. Yeah. Do I think he was underrated? No, I think he was rated. About right where he should have been. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That makes sense. Uh, so we have a new question this week from Brandy Wagner, Top Gal at AFS. Oh, that's uh, right. She asked, do you think Sean had any issues working with Mick in this era, um, i.e. his famous problems with Vader, as we briefly touched on? Yeah, no, I think Sean liked working with uh, Mick Foley. I think, they I think it shows in this match. This match was damn good. I don't think there were uh, along the same lines of like you talked about Sean and Undertaker, the con- contrasting um, factors, but I think they're pretty damn close. I'm surprised these two, I mean, after this, these two really never had a lot more matches together. Um, you know, th- I think they did, they did work well together in the ring and they are kind of contrasting styles that work really well. Um, I, I enjoyed this match. But now I don't think Sean had a problem with uh, Mick Foley at all. I don't think, you know, Mick had a problem with Sean. It, they seem to work well together. Yeah. And like I said, that whole thing with Sean yelling at, at Mick, that was just, I think that was all a spot. That was all a spot. Yeah. After, after I see a look at it now, I'm pretty sure that uh, that's what it was. So without a further. Thank you, Brandy, for yes, asking you, your Brandy. first question. I think yes. we you. appreciate my very good, dear personal longtime friend from the great state of Alaska, Brandy Wagner. I think she's, uh, did she finally move from one iceberg to another or is that? I don't know. I don't know. Aren't they all the same? Yeah, probably. Anyways, so last but certainly not least, it's time for Money Mike. <laughs> so he asked about Hold on. Ten- Hold on. Before we even get started. Oh, about Jesus. So oh, here we go. Stupid questions that he's mailing in here this week he actually mailed them in this week by the way he actually said i don't know how he got my probably morse code i mean he still does money orders so smoke smoke signals um listen money mike he sent us a picture last night of what he was eating he was out at some restaurant it looked like he was eating school lunch because it was in one of those school lunch trays like oh right little portion things yeah but it was just a big old pile of spaghetti, right? With like some meatballs or something on there. Okay. So then I look to the right. What else has he got on that plate? Uh, the biggest piece of Texas toast garlic bread you've ever seen. Like the size of your head. Okay. So that's the other side. Then I see over something over on the left side, I think. What the hell? It looks green. I'm like, oh, good. Money might got him a salad or a vegetable over there to go with all this other shit. I look over there. It's some kind of goddamn pesto pasta. Oh. He's got spaghetti. He's got pasta. He's got garlic bread. Now, 
apparently Money Mike doesn't know or hasn't heard of there's like these food groups like vegetables and fruits and meats and all this shit. And you're supposed to try to get a little bit of all of them. Nah, Mike's car blowing up. He's I, just hitting the pasta and the bread. I was really kind of hoping you'd say the green stuff was green jello. Well, if he if he doesn't quit eating like that, he'll be eating green jello in the hospital one of these days. After he has his fucking third heart yeah. attack or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, Money Mike, I'm going to get Lori Bischoff on your ass. You're going to have to be shifting your eating habits. Or just stop eating, you know? That that works too. Well, That's a good I wish you know he'd stop mailing in questions, but he's not going to. So what's he got this week? All right. So this is like an I let me I got I gotta look at this because it might be in like some certain script that we don't know. Maybe it's his own script. Anyways, I'll I'll do my best. Uh he says, Does the Shawn Michaels versus Mankind match still receive rave reviews and ter- in a tremendous reception if it took place in a city other than Philadelphia? Uh, do you believe the match layout would have had an uh, would have had to been altered? Not really. Um, but we didn't really see if we would have seen the ECW guys come back at the main event. Honestly, I would have rather preferred them to be at the main event instead of the opening match because then you could have your smosh finish there that the these ECW bastards cost me the title or whatever, or screwed Sean up or whatever, you know? Well, I think he's referring to mankind's or Mick Foley's past involvement in ECW and them liking, you know, his type of matches where they're going to be going through tables and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So if that is happening in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, do we get the same crowd reaction? Mm, Probably not. Probably not. I think it'll be pretty. I think it'll be pretty damn close, though. But who knows? I don't know. I I, I think you're gonna get a different reaction wherever you go, though, regardless on who's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his second question is: the use of ECW on the show. Do you believe this was a smart uh, smart move on the part of the WWF at the time? Do you believe this angle could have been orchestrated today, given the level of backstage and behind the scenes knowledge? fans have about the wrestling business i don't think it could happen nowadays just because of that what you mentioned mike is everybody knows everything you can go on your phone right now and check out twitter instagram facebook i think it was necessary for wwf because ecw fans are rapid man you had a lot of loyal ecw fans that you're trying to get to watch this product so if you hire quote unquote ECW guys to come in dude you got new fans you would think hindsight being what it is obviously I don't think that would have happened at that time because it's comparing apples to oranges and it just was it wasn't possible Um, but I, I don't know about that though do I think it was a smart move yes especially being in Philadelphia getting some extra heat from fans but also you got to realize Philadelphia, even though, yes, it was an ECW town, it's a WWE town and always was. You know what I mean? Like, it's right by New York. It's a a WWE city long before it was an ECW town. So um, do I think them working together was good? 
Yes. Do I think it could happen now? It could, but it wouldn't get over it with any type of real heat from mm. the fans because they would know about it. Right. No, no, I, I, I get that too, but it's just a matter of, okay, let's try to just try to figure it out. See if it works. Great. If not, then let's go, let's move on. Uh, speaking of moving on, Mike's last question is as follows. Uh, Bruce has discussed on a recent something to wrestle with that the fact that the undertaker was not pleased at not being smartened up to the ECW angle as the situation gone a step farther and the undertaker and the locker room broke character and brawled with the ECW roster in a shoot fight. Do you believe this could have taken away from the momentum and the attention away from WCW slash NWO? Oh, what? I tried to, to do that. that question. I tried to actually do it all in one breath, and it, I, I, I almost. <laughs> Mike, Mike, can we shorten these fucking questions for God's <laughs> sake? So basically, what he's saying is the combination of ECW. Yes. Well, first, the first, I think it, the first power into that was, do you think the Undertaker in the locker room could have? Should they have been a smart smartened up to it? It says, had the situation gone a step further, and the Undertaker and them broke character and brawled. Do you believe this could have taken some of the momentum away from the NWO? I don't think yeah. anything was going to take. Well, I don't think anything was going to take the momentum away from the NWO, though. It it would have got heat if it was a real fucking brawl. I mean, it would have got some exposure and probably got. And then, you know, knowing Vince, they would have tried to then make an angle out of it. And maybe who knows what would have happened with that. Yeah, I don't think at this time I don't think anything was really going to take away from the WCW or NWO because they were so. They were hot, hotter than the fucking WWF, but I don't think anything would have taken away from them. Yeah. Um, I'd like to take some words out of Money Mike's questions. Well, like you said, you fell asleep over there. You had to like, <laughs> I had to do like a horn or something to wake you up. Uh, but, but thank you, Mike. Our questions. I, 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 you, I will th- I'll thank you, Money Mike. Justin will freaking shit on you as much as you can. Eat some vegetables, Mike. Try them out. Put put them out instead of that extra pasta dish. Jello counts as uh, Jello counts as a vegetable, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> Why not? Right before we get to our uh, wrestling with music, which everybody has absolutely loved, which I appreciate that. Uh, just want to give a few you know plugs before we get to it. Is follow us on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. Follow him at JD twenty forty. Uh, follow us wherever you get great podcasts, hit that subscribe button. Let us know what you think. Give us a review, you know, tweet at us. A lot of people have done that. DM us, either one of us, let us know what you think. You like the show. Do you not like the show? Do you like this segment or that segment? If you have segment ideas, Mike has given us a couple segment ideas that we've taken and we've ran with, but, um, a lot of them have been long winded. So I kind of fall asleep, but, um, also, head over and uh, check out our uh, merchandise over at ringsiderant.warforapparel.com. Big thanks to all the boys over there, uh, as well as the lovely, lovely people at the Shining Wizard Wrestling Network, full press coverage, Wrestling with Johnners Network, as well as Visionaries Global Media. Thank you for making Ringside Rant uh, a part of your networks. Let me run down our list right now. Number one, Steve Austin. Number two, NWO. Number three, Undertaker. Four, Bret Hart. Five, Jake Roberts. Horse, the Four Horsemen, Roddy Piper, Rick Rude, Ricky Steamboat, HBK, Owen Hart, The Rocket, and last and certainly least, 
Hulk Hogan, WCW. I tried grabbing somebody from this pay-per-view. We've had Undertaker. We've had Austin. We've had Brett. I tried to grab somebody from here. We also had Shawn Michaels. I tried grabbing somebody from here that um, not a lot of people, you know, not a lot of people would think that we've had. So without further ado, monkeys, hit the button. I want to get musical. So with that gold dust theme, Justin, it was one of those more of iconic themes. Not a lot of people really give credit to where credit's due to his stuff. Mm. Uh, I like the theme. I think it goes well with the character. And it's very, uh, I don't even know how to, to describe that music. It's very different, just like the character. Um, and yeah. I like it. It's And it's kind of, mysterious i guess is a good way to describe that music and that's what it should be now would you would you play would you put that in your playlist like if you're in the yard doing yard work or something i think you could you could listen to it i don't know like i think it was on that like 96 cd that came out that oh i know yeah uh, shoot. yeah because I, I think they came, it came out on the when they did that triple disc one too yeah. where they did different eras Overall, it's a it's a good theme. It fits the character well. Is it one that's remembered by fans a lot? No. Do I think it'll rank real high up on the list? Mm, probably not, just because we have such strong people yeah. on the list already. But I do think, like a lot of these, um, it's one of those that fits the character real well, and that's really the most important part. Right. So where would you rank him right now, his team? I my. My thought was going to put him between uh, at number 11 between Sean and Owen. I don't think it was that high up. I would, if anything, I would put him between Steamboat and Sean. But I think where Just Do is between Sean and Owen at 11. Uh just for what it is, I would put him behind Owen. Put him behind Owen? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. In front of Mr. Hogan. Well, I, I would hope so. It's He's an American man. Beer and kids, motherfucker. So, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to hearing this theme song that you have.
Yeah, I forget the name of it. Something Britannica, you know. Well, no, as far as like the the the. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just saying the name yeah. of the song. It's an, you know, it is like the British. I don't know national anthem or like a. I don't know what it is. I don't know. National song. national <laughs> national song. There you go. The Bulldogs theme music is kind of like Piper's. It's like almost um, with their nationality. It goes with their nationality, so. Right just kind of fits their character so well yeah so i just think it was I like more... it be... i'm sorry i like it because it's like real cheerful at the beginning and it gets yeah. the fans pumped well and, and the thing is though too when you when i think of a, a theme song it may this name may just be me but whether it's listening to pipers or the horsemen or brad or rude or steam but whatever I like going back in my head. I'll close my eyes and just remember watching them wrestle to when the, their music's playing. And you can pretty much do that real mm-hmm. well with, with bridge bulldog. And you can remember their, their match, their tag team match there with, uh, Oh, what the hell was WrestleMania two, right? Or was that uh, three? Three. Well, three was the heart foundation. Oh, but, foundation. That's what it was. Yeah. Like. I mean, and also, I think why this song can rank up higher is because it was a tag team mm-hmm. theme song, and then it followed Bulldog for the rest of his career. Right. Uh, so it, it has longevity to it, too. Right. So with that being said, I would... I don't want to put it higher than Rude. Yeah. I think I would put him between Rude and Steamboat. Mm-hmm. I'm good at that. Because I don't, uh, Steamboats was good, but I think uh, British Bulldog was that just a little bit better than that. Yeah, I'm good with putting Bulldog there, right? With Rude, that's kind of where I would imagine it being. Right. So our updated list of wrestling entrances, wrestling with music entrances, that is, are as follows: from one to fourteen. Now, Justin, holy shit. Um, Steve Austin, NWO, Undertaker, Bret Hart, Jake Roberts, Four Horsemen, Roddy Piper, Rick Root, British Bulldog, Ricky Steamboat, Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, Rocket, Gold Dust, and certainly least Hulk Hogan, WCW. So we appreciate right here in the USA. Don't don't. Oh, we can't do that one. That's copyrighted. Um. So we appreciate if you guys ever want to, you know, put out your own list and stuff, tweet at us, DM us, whatever the case may be. If you have certain thoughts and whatever on the ones we pick, that's great too. Hit us up on Twitter at underscore ringside rant and at JD2040. We appreciate all the feedback, good, bad, and different. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Justin, we've uh We've had we've had a pretty goddamn good couple months here um, of, of the show. A lot of people are listening, so we appreciate that. Um, you know, like I said, check out us on social media. Subscribe. Check out the merch. All that generic what we stuff. Got next week. What are we doing next week? Next week we're gonna have the October fifth, nineteen ninety eight edition of Monday Night Raw. And you're thinking, okay, how? Why is that so iconic? Well, keep in mind this is the iconic. Uh, hospital episode with Vince and Steve Austin. Uh, the previous week, we saw Steve come out on a Zamboni bump into the ring, take out McMahon. We also saw Undertaker and Kane break or injure 
uh, the, the chairman of the board, Vince McMahon, Mr. V- McMahon, if you will, send him to a medical facility, not a hospital, a medical facility. Um, but with all that good shit happening throughout the, the, the Raw, this Raw's main event with The Rock and The Undertaker. Need I say more? So if they you guys smell while we're cooking. Oh, I hope they do. I hope they do smell what we're cooking. Uh, but if you guys want to check that out and watch uh watch it before we break it down and rant about it next week, head over there onto the peacock and watch it. Uh, I've watched it a couple times. Ride that cock. Wait for it. Awkward pause. I know you guys love it. Come on. Um, I was just so, gonna finish the show with that. Ride that cock. I get, but you can't though. You you can't. I also I'll still keep keep on talking. Uh, you know, I seriously appreciate everybody listening this week. Justin, you got anything, man? Nope. Uh, go Bengals. Beat those Jaguars and shove it up Urban Meyer's ass. And ride that cock. <laughs>